This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Jeremiah chapter 18, go there in your Bible. I'm going to read some scriptures. Again, this is the third installment of our series, One Thing. You can catch up on our podcast if uh, you didn't hear the first two. And um, we're going to jump into the third installment here. This is the prophet named Jeremiah. Just some quick context to who Jeremiah is before we read these scriptures. Before Jeremiah ever steps out into his calling, God speaks to him. Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Jeremiah, before you were ever born, I knew you. In fact, I, I appointed you, I positioned you before you were ever born. I want to encourage you today that God's not catching up on your life catching up to speed on who you are. We believe, as Psalm 139 says, that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. That God knit you together in your mother's womb. Maybe for your parents, you might not have been planned, but God, nevertheless, has a plan for your life. God made your personality. God gave you your gift mix. God gave you your intellect. Anybody thankful that God knew you since you were before you were born, and God has a plan for your life? If you're grateful for this, say yeah. yeah. Jeremiah 18, God comes and speaks to this prophet, Jeremiah, and watch what he says the instructions that he gives. He says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, can I? Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does with this clay, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation, I warn, repents of evil, then I will relent and not inflict of the disaster I had planned. And if at another time, I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. God is telling Jeremiah the power that he has over nations and people. God is explaining to Jeremiah and asking him to do some things so he can expose a greater dimension, a greater vantage point, so that Jeremiah can see some things that he's never seen before. Come on, in 2017, I'm declaring over your life that you're going to see some things you've never seen before. He's saying, Jeremiah, I want you to go down and I'm going to reveal some things to your heart about the way that I operate. I want to preach a message today. You can write down the title of today's talk. It's called The Potter's House. I want to preach a message today called The Potter's House. And let's pray and believe that God will come and speak to us and protect us from this evil rain. Anybody hate the rain like myself? You just don't like it. It's just, you know, it's something, it does bad things to our hair. Kidding. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you that we can be at this house gathered under one name, the name above all names. We can be strengthened 
and be encouraged by your grace. Father, we're praying today, speak to us, reveal your plans to us, show us who you really are. Thank you that you've got plans to prosper us, not to harm us, but to help us. We are declaring to ourselves that you are gracious, you are loving, and that you are never going to relent. We worship you today, and God, we are praying over those teams in particular, the, the, the Rams, the, the Dodgers, the Lakers, and God, we pray for the Kings. Bless them and do what you can. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, come on, Zoe, let's all put our hands together and thank God that God's going to give us. Come on, we've been in a drought, but it's raining. Come on. Um, I, I don't know if you um, ever grew up playing on a sports team. Let me just see your hand. If you ever played on a team, team sports, let me just see your hand. I, I grew up my whole life playing team sports. By the way, yesterday my son, he went out and played soccer for the first time. He had his first little, like, little guy, three-year-old sports clinic. And, and my, Julia, my wife, when she took Winston, he, we didn't realize what exactly he was going to. And so I didn't make it. She's texting me, oh my gosh, they're like competing. And our son is like the fastest, best athlete. She's sending me videos. And I'm like, I text her back. I'm like, Julia, just so you know, as a sports dad, I can't handle this. This is too much. Like, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm freaking out. This is the best thing I've ever heard. But, but I grew up playing uh, uh, basketball in particular. Now, I, I had the privilege from the time I was sixth grade to the time I graduated high school, I played basketball with the same group of guys. Like, we played from sixth middle school basketball all the way through high school, and it was like year-round. We played fall ball together in a league in, in, with, against other high schools. In the springtime, we had a spring league. In the summer time AAU and we travel and we go to different summer camps together and and and, and this team we stayed together for so many years sixth grade all the way until we graduated high school now on this team I knew my role when you're on a team every person on the team has to play their role so on the team my one of my roles was to back up the point guard so the guy that passes the ball dribbles the ball I was like the backup to the point guard it's one of my roles another role on the team of mine was to shoot three-pointers so I'm like kind of like Steph Curry with the shot boy and um so that's one of the things you know, just got given don't judge don't hate but um so I'm just gonna work but but but, but so I was a three-point shooter I was like a point guard and but I also had other roles like you know uh one of my jobs was to be the hype guy you know rally him come on let's get together let's be the guy you know that gets the team rallies the, the rallies him up I was also pegged as my one of my jobs was to be the funny guy like on the bus do stupid things to make our teammates laugh and and also the music guy like I was the music guy in charge of making good music for the locker room. You remember back in the day, CDs? Anybody remember these? Remember when you used to come to your friends with like that big case logic, that binder of CDs? You know what I'm talking about? You just got pages of options. Like what y'all want today? You want Space Jam? I got Space Jam. Or, or the back two pages is like four CDs of mixes you made on your computer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like that was my job. So, so I, I knew my role. I knew that God had made me to fulfill this role. I want to talk today about how our God, is not a God of chaos. He's not a God of confusion. He's a strategic God, and God has fearfully and wonderfully made you for a specific role, for a specific purpose. God has made you just the way you are. Listen, God does not make you one way to use you another way. God has made you this way to use you in a specific purpose purposeful way. Anybody thankful today that God made you just the made you just the way you are and he though he loves you just the way you are, he loves
loves you way too much to leave you that way. Come on, somebody thank God today that God created you. God gave you your gift mix. God gave you your personality. God gave you your intellect. God is a God of blessing. I love this thought. Watch what God does to Jeremiah. God wants to show Jeremiah how powerful he is. God wants to show Jeremiah just what he can do with a person's life. So the first thing that he speaks to Jeremiah is he says, Jeremiah, I need you to get out of your comfortable zone, out of your environment that you're in. Jeremiah, I need you to get away from what you know. Come down to the potter's house. I've got a message for you there. I'm going to give you a few things to write down today, but write down point number one. Sometimes you got to get to the place to get the message. Sometimes you got to get there so you can hear what God is saying. He said, Jeremiah, I want to say something to you, but I can't speak to you with the television on and the constant checking of Instagram. I need you to get away. Come walk on the beach with me, Jeremiah. Come go on a prayer walk, Jeremiah. Sometimes you got to realize that you have been invited by God into his presence. That he's inviting, he's saying, he's wooing Jeremiah, isn't he? He's saying, Jeremiah, come, come, come on down to the potter's house. Come on down, come on, let's get to church. Let's, let's, Let's put on the podcast. Let's put away that kind of music. Let's listen to some God music. He's inviting Jeremiah to get away to get the message. I just want to say to you today, God has a message for you. God has something he wants to say to you. Sometimes you and I don't get the word of God, not only not because God doesn't have a word, but because we're not available for the word. Sometimes you got to get into his environment, get into his presence, so God can begin to download what he has for your life. By the way, there is a difference between realization and revelation. Realization of self is just going like, oh, interesting, I don't like the rain. I feel like Missy. I can't stand the rain. Sorry, I had to. It was right there. It was right there. I couldn't, I couldn't deny myself. I couldn't. It was just sorry. It was just, I just like, do we do it? Yeah, it felt so good. I went with it. It's my window. Um, there's self-realization where it's like, OMG, I, I like crowds. I like this kind of music. I like there's realization. And then there's revelation. Revelation is when God starts talking to you. God starts speaking to your heart. God starts showing you vision. God starts revealing dreams to you. God starts talking to you. I want to encourage you today, God has revelation for you. God has stuff he wants to speak to you. This is not a man thing, it's a God thing. He said, Jeremiah, you better come on down. We fixing something good at the potter's house. I can tell you from personal experience, the greatest thing that's happened in my life is traveling. Traveling has been its own Bible college. Now, I went to Bible college. I have a degree from San Dimas, California, Life Pacific College in pastoral ministry. I went to college, but then I traveled. Traveling has been its own college. There is something about getting out of your own context, your own environment, your own comfortability, and stepping into a different space. Your paradigm shifts. Your vantage view shifts. You, you got a different dimension. God is saying to Jeremiah, come, get, get out of here. Come, come away with me. That's why I encourage you on your vacations. Don't just spend your vacations, you know, doing this, that, 
and the other. Spend some time getting away with God. Spend some time in your schedule. Plan out in the next calendar year. I'm going to seek God on these days. Uh, maybe I missed the fast this time, but I'm going to fast next year because there's something about what God is saying to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I can't speak to you over there. It's too comfortable. It's too convenient. It's too familiar. Come on down. Help me preach today to the potter's house. I got something to say to you, Jeremiah. I, got, I just, I want to tell you today, you, you need to hear this. God has something he wants to speak to you. And some of us, we don't hear from God because we're so distracted by the things in our natural environment. Turn the phone off, go on a walk, get out the journal, pull out a pen, do whatever you got to do to get to your potter's house. This is so important to Jesus, wasn't it? Jesus models this, doesn't he? The Bible says that Jesus, he'd be out, he'd be in the environment, he'd be in the temple, he'd be talking to people in the streets, he'd be doing his thing. He, he, he knew what it meant to, to, to grind it out, to, to do the nine to five, but watch what Jesus did. Jesus would always get away to get into the presence of his father. The disciples, they'd go crazy. They'd be looking for him. They'd be like, hey, anybody seen Jesus? You know what we need to put on Jesus? We need to put an uh, iPhone on Jesus and turn the uh, find my phone uh Function on for Jesus because sometimes we lose that dude. Where is Jesus at? We can't find Jesus. Where Jesus at? I just like that accent right there. Where Jesus at? So I know I have issues, um, but all my drugs are prescriptions. Fine, um, but they're gonna find Jesus. Jesus will emerge and they'd be like, "Jesus, where you been, Jesus?" And he'd say, "Hey, hey, hey, we gotta go to the next town, town, the next village, for this purpose." I have come. In other words, translation, purpose is found in his presence. When you get into his presence, then you discover your purpose. There is not purpose that is discovered in self-realization. There is purpose that is discovered in the Father's revelation. He knew the purposes that needed to be downloaded in his heart. So he says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you come on down to the potter's house. We're going to tell you some things. The Bible says to Jeremiah, he walks down to the potter's house. When he gets to the potter's house, he says, my oh my, I went down to the potter's house. And would you believe it? I was astonished. I didn't think this was going to be the case. I went down to the potter's house, and behold, the potter was sitting there working the wheel. It wasn't an assistant. It wasn't an intern. It wasn't an angel. It was the potter himself that was sitting there working the wheel. Can you write down point number two? God himself is working the wheel. God is working on your life. God didn't send another spirit. God didn't send a pastor. God didn't send another leader. No, Jesus himself is at work in your life. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 13, it says, for it is, it is God, for it is, it is God, for it, it is God, for it is God who is at work in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let me just say that verse again, for it is it is God. Who is it, church? God. A little louder. Who is it? For it is God who is at work in us, both to will, to do his will, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The Bible's saying God is working on your life. 
God is at work. God works the day shift, the night shift, and the midnight shift. God does not work on you because you come to a building or to a church service. God has been working on you all the days of your life. God is working on you. You ought to walk around with a sign over your head under construction because that's what we are. We are under construction. I don't know about you, but I need some grace in my life. Anybody else? I have not arrived. I am not perfect. Come on. Don't get, don't get stingy now. Come on. Anybody thankful that you're under construction? Don't judge my journey. I'm under construction. And the Bible promises, he who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. God does not leave projects half finished. God is not going to reveal his plans to you and say, good luck, Chuck, and you sort it yourself. No, God's working. God's shaping. God's molding. God's helping. God is at work in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God's shaping, he's molding, he's helping, he's forming, he's revealing, he's talking, he's leading, he's guiding, he's comforting, he's convicting. God is reminding, this is who God, God is at work, God is at work, God's working on my life, God's helping my character, God's helping my thinking pattern, God's helping my self-view, God's helping my parenting skills, God's leading me to another level. Come on, God is at work in my life, God's working at Zoe Church, God's working in your spouse. You don't have to work on your spouse. God will work on your spouse. All the spouses laughed. God is at work. Now watch what he said. I went down to the potter's house, and you would not believe what I saw. Behold, with my own two eyes. I seen the potter working the wheel. And you know what was crazy? The potter had this piece of marred clay in his hands. In other words, the clay wasn't perfect. The clay didn't have the answers. The clay didn't know all the scriptures. The clay was marred, which means destroyed, which means corrupted. This clay was broken. I am thankful today that though I am broken, though I am marred, though I have mistakes, God takes my brokenness and he's working it on the wheel. He's taking my mistakes. He's taking my failures. He's taking my sin. Help me preach today. He's taking all the things I've done wrong. He said, don't worry about it. I can work this. What the enemy intended for harm, come on, I'm working it for the good. Come on, y'all ought to thank God in the 12 p.m. service that he's at work on the wheel and he's He's taking that which is broken and he's working it for your good. Oh, I love this about God. God doesn't say, you, you, you know what? Before we start working with you, can you just clean it up a little bit? You know, we just, we've got a standard of excellence at our church. And um, if you would, um, let's get all of your beliefs right. Let's get a little bit more character. Um, and this, this dress is not going to do. Um, are you a cowboy fan? Okay, no? Okay, come on in. There's no prerequisite. In fact, God does his best work through brokenness. He takes that which is broken, marred, and how does he put it back together again to make it something that he can use for his glory, use for his perfection. Oh, I'm telling you today, this is his specialty. He is the potter and we are the clay. You might come to church today and feel like you're marred clay, but I promise you today, you're in the hands of a God that can do something with your brokenness. You just take your brokenness. By the way, it's hard to work with hard clay. You get some hard clay in your hand, it's like, dang, we, what are we going to do with this? 
What are we going to do with hard clay? Hard clay? Hard clay has to get over here, and we got to soften that thing up and get some water, and, 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 and let's work this thing. No, God says, come to me with a tenderness. Come to me acknowledging your brokenness. Oh, if you come with some tenderness, I can work, I can mold this thing. I can shape this thing, but it's hard to work with hardness. Come on, I'm telling you today that if you come before the Lord with a broken spirit and a contrite heart, these things the Lord will not despise. He will use it. He will shape it. He will, he will do what only he can do. Somebody thank God today that I can bring all my issues and all my shortcomings and all my, come on, don't act so righteous today. Somebody thank God that in my brokenness, that's when his power is made perfect. He's working it, isn't he? He's shaping it. He's molding it. He, he, that which is marred, corrupt, broken, maimed, and he's, he's shaping it for his glory, for his perfection. He is fitting us into the puzzle that he has created a perfect piece. Write down point number three, what Jeremiah saw. He said, God said first, God invited him to the potter's house. He didn't show up without an invitation. He, you, by the way, you didn't get saved because it was your idea. You got saved because you were invited into salvation. So he said, God invited me to the potter's house. I went down to the potter's house. I would not, you're never going to believe. I, I wish I had Snapchat. I would have snapped it, filter, 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 put the time clock on it. I couldn't believe what I saw. It was the potter working the wheel. The potter was stuck in the, the clay was awful. The clay, uh, uh, disgusting. The clay was so gross, so dejected, so sinful. He was shaping this thing, and watch what he said. And he was doing it as he saw best. In other words, the Bible says in Romans 9, that which is created can't save the creator. Why did you make me this way? No, God is shaping you as he sees best. God is molding you and shaping you and forming you and creating you, not into the vision that you have, but into the vision that he has. God is taking you to a place that is beyond natural ability, that is beyond natural understanding. God is taking you to new heights and new levels. He knows what he's doing. He's got a better plan than you do. He's got a better idea than you do. He's got a better thought than you do. Anybody thankful this morning, this morning that God is up to something? He's shaping something as he sees best. God did not make you one way to, to use you another. He's, he's molding you a specific way. He's fitting you into the puzzle. My, my son, I'm so thankful. Uh, my son is, you know, the one-year-old, when you go to a restaurant, I went to a restaurant with a couple last night, and we were at the restaurant, and my one-year-old gives me anxiety at restaurants. He is in the one-year-old phase where it's like nothing pleases him. We cannot help him. He is, he's in the high chair. It is like, it is a real patient challenge. Now, the three-year-old is in the prime spot. He is now in the place where he can use an iPhone at the dinner table. Glory to his name. So, the three-year-old, he knows my passcode. Give him the phone. He knows the apps. He knows how to swipe. He's really into right now this one, this one app that has puzzles on it. So right now my son on the iPhone is learning how to put a puzzle together. So I'm kind of helping him, teaching him, and he'll show me when he gets stumped, and, I'll, and I'm trying to teach him that what, a, what, a, what a corner piece is. Son, let's fill the corners first, and this one fits right there, and this one's unique for right there, and then once we get the corners, we can fill in the sides. I want to tell you today, God has made you to be a piece in this puzzle. 
God has made you as he saw best for you to fit. God has a unique position for you, a unique design for you. By the way, we're not the same without you. We're a missing puzzle without you, a part of the story. We need you in the story. The story's not complete when you're absent. Anybody can do what you do, but nobody can replace who you are. You're, you're a designer's original. You're a one-off. There's never been another you. There'll never be another you. You are who you are by the grace of God. I am thankful today that there will never be another me and there will never be another you. Somebody thank God if you value yourself. You're a one-off. I have a backpack right now by a guy that goes to our church. He's a designer. And people at the coffee shop the other day, this guy said, where did you get your backpack? And, and I, was, I was trying to be humble, but I couldn't. I was like, oh, this? This whole thing? This right here, um, yeah, there's only one of those in the whole world. I was trying to like play it cool, but I was like, I'm just too excited. I can't. <laughs> the buckles, never been another buckle like it. What kind of leather? Oh, alligator. Yeah. Um, there'll never be another backpack like it. There'll never be another you. And God is working your life to fit in this puzzle as he sees best. You might be over here like, you remember watching American Idol and some of the people would try for American Idol, you're like, oh, no, hey, no, 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 not your, no, 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 no. God has made you a way where you can flourish, where you can take off, where it's easy, it's your grace, it's natural, it's like second nature, it's just, it's easy to you. Last night I was studying, getting ready at the house, and Julia was, she was uh, in, in, in our front room and just on the phone, and she, was, she started talking about an IQ test. She was like, have you ever taken an IQ test? I was like, no. <laughs> Hood people don't take IQ tests, okay? <laughs> we go to King Taco. But, um, but she was like, you, you, you should take one. So all of a sudden, she is in the middle of an IQ test, and she finishes the test. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is an exact quote. She's like, I should have paid more attention and paused a little bit more on that one question question because if I would have, I would have gotten everything correct. She goes, I'm in the top 2% of the whole world. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, nope, just confirmation of what I believe. You're really, really smart. <laughs> God gave her that gift. God gave her a brilliant mind. She's got an ability to do business and, 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 and God gave her her personality and God gave, God fearfully and wonderfully made her that way. God made me this way and her that way and you this way. And God did this as he saw best. And I don't care what you did in your past, give it to him and let him work that thing to let it coincide with your gift mix, to let it coincide with your testimony. He wants to work in that brokenness with the design of your life. And by the way, God doesn't want us just to realize stuff so we can realize stuff. He wants, to realize, he wants us to realize stuff for his glory. My whole issue, please just let me just a rabbit trail for one moment as your pastor. I just, I, I, get, I get bothered. I get concerned about people that are so obsessed with Myers-Briggs and the this test and this test and that test and, and the test, test, test and the spiritual gift test. You can test yourself all the way out of Christianity. I, don't, I, I have no business for it because my problem is I don't want to take a test so I can know about my, myself so that I can make more money or so that I can just have an ambition and selfishness under myself. I only discover more about myself so I can serve him more so I can love him more, so I can bring more glory to his name. This is not for me. This is discovering my purpose for his glory. 
Don't get caught up of going like, I got I to gotta find out, I gotta find out how, did, how did he make me? Because how how, now, well, I'm this and I'm that and, and this is my stuff. And so I only serve in this fashion. No, the more you say yes to God and the more you make yourself available to God, the more God can use you. The more you stop making it about you and you make it about him and you make it about you, his church and his people and people that need to know the gospel and need to know that though they are marred and broken, they can be redeemed by the potter who is, has the clay. Somebody say amen. Don't get caught up just on self-discovery. No, I, I, I want God discovery. I want God's will. We talked about it last week. God does not set you free to be free unto yourself. God sets you free so you can serve unto the Lord. God does not allow you to discover yourself so you can serve yourself. God lets you discover your gifting and purpose so you can be purposeful unto the Lord. That's the whole point of discovering your purpose. Now, I believe purpose, it is greater than anything on the planet. Purpose is greater than power. You can have all the power in the world, but if you don't have purpose, you got nothing. Purpose is better than position. You can have a high position, but if you don't have purpose, God purpose, you got nothing. Purpose is better than provision. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have purpose, you got nothing. Purpose is the main thing. God wants to show and reveal to you his purposes for your life. Psalm 115. Verse number one, it says, not unto us be the glory, not unto us. In other words, the psalmist is writing, I don't want to self-discover just so I can serve myself. No, this is for your glory and your kingdom and your name and your renown. And I am here to discover my ways that I can serve your kingdom and build your church. Worship team, you can come join me. But I, I just, I love this thought. I love this thinking. I love this way of life. I love discovering. Listen, I'm all for self-discovery. I want to know, why is it I love people? Julia, my wife, she's more of an introvert than I am. She, she refuels by spending time by myself, but by herself. For me, I need 100 people around me to refuel. I'm an extrovert. This is the way God made me. I love discovering things about how God created me uniquely, how God fashioned my life. Why did he give me this personality? Why did he give me this mind? Why did he raise me this way? Why did God make me this way? I want to discover these things, not so that I can simply discover these things, but so that I can use them for his glory and his power and making his name known. I remember one time I was at a summer camp when I was in high school and this, this, I was at the altar, you know, praying to God. When you're at the altar and you're 17 years old, you come before God with the most ugly worship face you can make. And I'm, I'm laying it on thick. Use me! I remember this guy walked up to me. He said, I want to pray for you. He's a youth pastor. He said, God just spoke to me about you. God wants to tell you that he's going to use you in the way that he fashioned you. You don't have to change to be used by God. I got to tell you, as a 17-year-old, I, I, was, I, was, I was really relieved by that. Because you know what I thought in my head up to that point? I have to change everything about who I am to be used by God. And God was saying, no, 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 no. I did not, I did not make you one way to use you another way. If it's business, do your business under the Lord. If it's creativity, create for the glory of God. If it's art and entertainment, do it under God. We have lawyers in our church, 
accountants in our church, teachers in our church. God made you with those passions as he saw fit and best. And as you discover your purpose, you don't just teach to teach or to make money. You teach for his glory. You're not a lawyer just to do law. You're a lawyer so that Jesus can be made known. Right, right down the last thing. I just want to encourage you with one last thought. Jesus is my God-given potential. Did you know that? My God-given potential is not wrapped up in something else or even in myself. Jesus is my God-given potential. So the more I say yes to Jesus and love Jesus and follow Jesus, the more I walk with him and love him and worship him, then I can dawn and realize my God-given potential. Please don't be mistaken. Please don't. Please don't get so self-absorbed that you discover your purpose and it's, it's for you to do all these things that seem cool on the outside, but really they'll leave you empty on the inside. When you say yes to Jesus and serve him, remember your purpose is not wrapped up in what you do. Your purpose is wrapped up in who you're becoming. And when you discover that, I declare over you in the name of Jesus, you will tap into your God-given potential. <laughs> God has a plan for your life. God has such a marvelous future in store. You, you, if I were you, I would sit there and smile. I'm talking about like a big old smile, like smile big, cheese, the picture. Hi, I would smile because your future is so bright. God has such amazing things in store. It's why he was talking to Jeremiah, huh? God was saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you don't get it, do you? Jer get down. Jeremiah, I got something to show. Come on down to the potter's house. And he, he was like, okay, I, I think there's something there. There's something to this. Oh, okay, God. And he gets down there and he's like, oh, could you stop it? It's the guy. It's the dude. It's the potter himself working the wheel. How in the world does he do it? He takes that which is broken and marred and he turns it into splendor. God stops the picture for a moment, doesn't he? And he ends these verses with Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, I will do this to anybody that says yes to me. Anybody that says I will, I will serve God. God begins to speak to Jeremiah and says, I will, do, I will reveal, I will lift, I will bless anybody that presents themselves in this way. Church, are you hearing me today? God has a plan. God has a future. And it's knowing God. And it's finding freedom and it's discovering our purpose i pray you live a purposeful life when you got a purposeful life you get up in the morning intentionally you don't live wasting your days wasting your life you live a life that's for the glory you live a life for his his renown oh i pray it be in your bones i pray it be in your spirit i pray you wake up and say i'm living for god i'm not living for myself i'm living for his renown I'm, I'm building my business so I can build his church. I'm raising my kids so they'll know his name. Am I preaching to anybody today that wants to take a visit over to the potter's house to see what God is up to? Come on, y'all help me and lift your hands. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.